Welcome to the IRSD Spotlight. I'm your host, Dave Mall. We have a lot to cover in this episode, so let's get right to it. In May, the Indian River Board of Education will likely make some important and possibly historic decisions regarding the district's future major capital improvement needs. Recently, I sat down with Superintendent Mark Steele to discuss how the district plans to address space shortages in our schools. I'll play that interview in just a moment. Later, I'll highlight some recent accomplishments of our students and staff and pass along some important information that parents will need as the 2017-2018 school year draws to a close. But first, here's my conversation with Superintendent Mark Steele. Uh, Mark, welcome and thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today. No problem, Dave. First, I'd like you to, to put a few things into perspective by talking about the, uh, the overcrowding situation that the district is facing. A few years ago, when the University of Delaware did enrollment projections for Delaware school districts, it anticipated that Indian River would have a total enrollment of about 10,900 students by the year 2025. And looking at the projections you've compiled in the past few months, we are expected to exceed that number by September of 2018. So we're a full seven years ahead of schedule on what the University of Delaware projected quite a while back. This rate of growth has really created the need for, for one thing first and foremost, and that's building capacity, correct? That's correct, Dave. Um, we, we've studied these projections um, a variety of ways, um, you know, taking a look at just the, the, um, the attrition of moving students through our system. We've looked at average rates of growth. We've looked at linear um, lines of regression. So we've tried to use three different models just so if we have something that's you know, really an outlier, we're able to compare that to other bits of data. But in all cases, all three models are, are giving us the same prediction numbers, uh, are relatively close to the same. And I think we can, we can probably rest assured that they're accurate due to the fact of what you just said. The um, comprehensive study done by University of Delaware, you know, did this study for school districts to use this data in preparation for uh, buildings, uh, and having going up to 2030, which I believe that study does, given us the opportunity to know where we're going to be so we can make plans on what we're going to build. Unfortunately, as you said, for us, their 2025 prediction for us is here now. So we're seven years ahead of their schedule. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. It really, it really has. And that, of course, creates space crunches, right, throughout the district? Well, it, it does. And I think it's, it's not necessarily just a, a school district um, phenomenon. I think when you look at Sussex County as a whole, Sussex County has been growing leaps and bounds everywhere. I think I think you're looking at all school districts are, are seeing some form of growth. But our location in, in the beach area and having that area, that seems to be growing faster than any projections that Sussex County has used in the past. Yeah. Before we go any further, I want to make it clear that the Board of Education has not yet made a decision yet on um, how to address the space shortages. However, um, the board and administration have really looked at this problem from several ang angles, kicked around a lot of different ideas, and one particular plan seems to be gaining quite a bit of traction. Um, can you fill us in a little bit on the particulars of that plan? Yeah, sure can, Dave, and, and you're right. Um, we presented five options, um, and just to review those options so people would know, option one was looking at the referendum that we put forth uh, two years ago, not the referendum, the CN that we put forth two years ago at a renovation, new elementary, new middle. Um, at the price tag on that's pretty steep. And my concern was with the board, we're building a lot of new buildings going into debt quite a bit. And even though we, we have these projections, you know, you sometimes don't want to overextend. You want to make sure that you, you kind of hit that mark exact. So 
you know, in, in looking through uh, those options, option two was to look at building a, a major high school um, up on the Sussex Central site, uh, which would mean we'd be able to construct a high school without purchasing land, which is a three to five million dollar savings alone. Utilizing some of the athletic main stadium fields that are there uh, for both the high school and, and the um, the use of the middle school, however we define, we're going to use that school as well. So that's gaining strength partly because the the cost factor that we we looked at at the cost of the new high school comparing that to the cost of what the renovation price was going to be two years ago it's just feasible to just outright build a new school mm-hmm. um i believe that it just off the top of my head it might have been about 15 million dollars difference yeah and that would have met, caused a major renovation which would have taken the same number of years and disrupting the school because the kids would have still been in the school as the construction is going on. The other two parts of that uh, option called for additional classrooms at Indian River High School and at uh, Sebeville Middle School. Now that would also involve, um, just to be clear, um, moving um, Millsboro Middle School from its current location into what is right now Sussex Central High School. And Dave, that that was that's a good point. And uh, you know, working with Jan Steele and taking a look at options, you know, about a month ago, you know, this was brought up, and we were we were in the past kind of thinking, well, if we put all the middle schoolers at, at the current Sussex Central High School, that's really too big of a that's just way big for a middle school. However, never thought about what if we just put the Millsboro Middle School there. But what this does, it enables us to take the Millsboro Middle School building. And renovations would need to be done. However, the building itself was, was built in approximately, I think, 1930s, uh, same as most of our other uh, schools, like the old uh, the John M. Clayton building now, uh, Sussex Central building, LBs, and uh, Selbyville SDSA building. These buildings are great buildings. And the only thing we would have to do uh, to that Millsboro building, we believe, is to do a renovation into bathroom facilities and the hallway water fountain facilities. State regs, when you use the um, regulations for building uh, building sides, building codes, to move middle schoolers to a high school would not require us to do anything because the height of the sinks, the toilets, the water fountains are consistent. However, if you have a middle school or high school you convert to an elementary, you have to adopt those new uh, standards in those areas. We don't believe at this point, and we could be wrong, but we're investigating, that may not be a major capital project. That may, in fact, be a minor cap project, which would require no addition um, tax funds from the state or for our taxpayers. So, so, so essentially what would happen was if, if, the, if the plan does go through, Millsboro Middle School would vacate its current building, move to what is currently the high school, and the Millsboro Middle School building would be used as another elementary. An elementary. School. Yeah. In our in our projections, there were five areas, if you remember, that were just obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, reviewing our data, we have to have more school capacity at the elementary level, middle level, high school level in the north, middle school and high school level in the south. But the capacity needed in the south is only going to be in additional classrooms. Mm-hmm. In the north, however. We have a couple of, of issues. We, we have a capacity which is much bigger than just classrooms. Plus, we have a lot of our facilities in the north that we have, we're, we're sort of landlocked. We have no room to expand the footprint of a building. And our thought was this could be a huge savings to the district by looking and utilizing what space we've got. It may require us, or actually, it will require us to take a look at the 
school boundary lines, the East Millsboro boundary line, Long Neck, Georgetown Elementary. And we will change those lines so that we could feed students from those schools into Millsboro Middle. Now, when you think about that, by doing this, we're actually creating a middle school at little to minimal cost, mm -hmm. which is a big savings for our taxpayers. Yeah. So of all the plans that were looked at, and there were four or five different options, I know this is the one that seems to be, like I said, gaining the most traction, and it's, in, in some regards, it's the least expensive of all the plans that was looked at. Because I know there were, you know, some plans had new middle school, new elementary, this is new construction. Um, so is this, am I correct in saying that this is, uh, I guess, the least expensive of most of the options that were looked at? I will tell you, uh, memory serves me correct, if we compare option two, which I believe was about $51 million. Now, that's not counting any major work to be done at the Millsburg Middle site to make it an elementary. Um, if we spend over 750000 it has to be major capital. But we don't know what that would be at this point, and we're, we're currently investigating that. You know, we would have about a $51 million local price tag to build the high school and to do the southern additions. And compared to the CNs we turned in two years ago, that's at a tune of over $70 million. So that's a huge savings mm -hmm. to the taxpayers. Yeah. Plus, we're constructing one school, and we'll be able to do all of our moves, hopefully, when that school's finished. And that would be the, the Sussex Central students would move to the new high school. The middle school would move to Sussex Central. The only key is we would have to look at how long it would take to renovate the bathrooms in the Millsboro Middle site, uh, which we'd probably call... I'm going to refer to it as Millsboro Elementary at that point if we do that. Uh, that name may change, but right now we'd just say for understanding purposes that would be a Millsboro Elementary. Whatever would have to be done in those bathroom areas and hallway water fountains to adjust the heights uh, may, may not take uh, any longer than a summer. I'm not sure. That's just something we'd have to see. And uh, just to be clear, this plan would also include new classrooms at Indian River High School and Selbyville Middle School in the southern end of the district, True. correct? And at the Selbyville site, we're, we would be looking at doing something and thinking a little outside the box. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have to start uh, looking at the footprint of our buildings, you know, the, the overall perimeter of the buildings. And it's because we're so landlocked, we've got to go up instead of out. Mm -hmm. So we would be looking for a smaller footprint in terms of area, base area on the footprint, and make sure structurally whatever we do if we want to add uh, now or in the future it may be two-story a lot of our buildings if, as you know in our district were built at a time when, when most schools were one story one time they were set two stories most of our old buildings now new buildings come along are one story but i have to say that when land is a um a commodity that you, you don't have you're going to have to go back and take a look at minimizing a, a footprint and going up to try to save on on footage that way the the Board of Education has another meeting on uh, May 21st, and this is this plan is likely going to be discussed again. Um, we should have a little bit more definitive direction, I guess, after that meeting, correct? Yeah, we are going to have a conversation with DOE. There's a couple of items we want to check on. First of all, um, you know, if you look at the current projection, or you look at the current enrollment at Sussex Central, you're around 1650, roughly. Um, and, you know, what are they going to allow us to use on building that building? There was a question, do we go 2,200, do we go 2,400? Now, just to put this into scope, the projection that we're looking at for 2024 is about 2,050 students. So the question would, would be, if we look at this, do we want to build a high school 
that for all intent purposes, you know, within a couple of years could be filled to capacity again. So we'll be in discussion with DOE to see exactly what size they would allow us to go. The cost difference between uh, 2200 2400 is is very small. Mm-hmm. And obviously if we can go 2400 it might be the better build. That way it gives us plenty of room uh, in the future. So we want to find out that for a fact. We want to find out whether or not the uh, bathrooms would, would at Millsboro Middle, current Millsboro Middle, would be uh, over uh, the threshold of being major cap or minor cap. We want to find out, you know, those, and we want to take a look at the footprints and make sure we can go two stories in some of the loca- in the Subbaville location. Well, now I'm going to ask you the question that a lot of people are asking in the community: <clears throat> Is the district going to be holding a referendum? Yes, if we, and it, it's going to depend. Now, the process that we have to go through would be the board's going to have to make a decision what option, what direction they want us to go. We will have to write CNs, submit them to the state of Delaware by August 31st. We will hear back sometime around the end of October, early November, whether or not those CNs are approved. So just because, so just to clarify, just because we are asking to do this or want to do this doesn't mean the state's going to approve us. No, it does not, Dave. The state, um, you know, may approve uh, portions of the referendum and it may turn down um, sections or it may accept all or it may accept none. So once we turn the CN in, we, we can't do anything until we know what the state, if anything, has been approved. And that'll be in the fall. And that's probably going to be, like I said, sometime late October, early November. Once that happens, we would start to work on a uh, referendum that we would have to go to the taxpayers and request. Much different than the referendum that we had a year ago. The referendum a year ago is current expense, and very seldom do you ever adjust your current expense. This referendum would be for major capital, which is called debt service. Debt service means that you're not looking at gathering all that money up front in a year. You're looking to gather that money over 20 years. It's very much like a 20-year mortgage. It's, it's what they refer to Wait, as a bond. I'm glad you brought that up because that will actually get paid off over yes. 20 years. And the tax increase that is approved by the district voters will eventually get smaller and smaller until it's eliminated completely. It will. Yeah. As we move through the process uh, year after year, that debt uh, service number will decrease mm-hmm. slightly until it comes back down to where it is before you had the yeah. the, uh, the referendum board. Yeah. So that is something that is not going to stay on your tax bill forever. It is, as I said, very similar to a mortgage on a 20-year bond. Um, so basically, we're in the very early stages of this process, just to clarify for yeah. our residents and everything, right? Yeah, yeah we're still in the infancy <laughs> stage. We're, we're right now sort of getting our... our um, getting used to taking our first steps to see where we're going to end up going. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the best the best thing I can say on that issue. Yeah. Well, we certainly recommend the district residents uh, stay informed on this issue in the coming months. I do. Um, and, Mark, thank you for joining me, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this a lot more as we move forward. I'm sure we will, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be right back after the break with some other news and notes from around the Indian River School District. And now, a few noteworthy items from around the district. Parents are reminded that the last day of school for students in grades 1 through 11 has been changed to Thursday, June 7th. The last day for preschool and kindergarten students will be Friday, June 1st. The changes are the result of unused surplus hours built into the calendar to compensate for weather-related school closings. 
Additionally, senior exams will be held on May 22nd and 23rd at Sussex Central High School and May 21st through the 24th at Indian River High School. Graduation ceremonies will be held on Tuesday, May 29th at Indian River High School and Wednesday, May 30th at Sussex Central High School. Both ceremonies will begin at 7 p.m. At Sussex Central, tickets are required only if graduation ceremonies are moved inside due to inclement weather. If exercises are moved inside, graduates will receive five tickets each and overflow seating will be available in the theater. At Indian River, graduates will receive 15 tickets each if the ceremony is held outside and five tickets each if it is moved inside. Speaking of high-achieving seniors, Fabre McRae of Indian River High School was recently recognized as the Delaware African American Sports Hall of Fame's top female athlete in Sussex County. Fabre is playing soccer this spring and played basketball during the winter, earning first-team all-conference honors. Congratulations, Fabre, on this much-deserved honor. Meanwhile, Beth Light of Sussex Central High School has been named the 2018 Delaware School Nurse of the Year by the Delaware School Nurse Association. Beth was presented with the award during a surprise ceremony at the school on May 9th. Presenters were previous State Nurse of the Year winners Chris Zimmerman and Jan Marson. Beth's family was also in attendance along with school and district officials. Photos from the presentation are available on the district website and Facebook page. Congratulations, Beth. The IRSD Latino Youth Committee, in partnership with the Sussex County Health Coalition, will be hosting a Hispanic Heritage Celebration at Georgetown Middle School on Friday, May 18th from 4 to 6 p.m. The event will feature healthy food, music, children's activities, resource tables, and inspirational speakers. The public is invited to attend. All children must be accompanied by an adult. Six teams of district students competed in the VEX Robotics World Championships in Louisville, Kentucky in April. The event featured more than 30,000 participants comprising 1,648 teams from 30 nations. IRSD teams that competed in the World Championships were Team Longneckers from Longneck Elementary School, Team Alphas from Georgetown Elementary School, Team Zeus from Lord Baltimore Elementary School, GMS Robotics Knights from Georgetown Middle School, Rocketeers from Selbyville Middle School, and Indians 2 from Indian River High School. Results and photos from the competition are available on the district Facebook page. And finally, Amelia Meyer, a fifth grade student at Southern Delaware School of the Arts, was the overall winner of the 2018 Arbor Day Poster Contest, sponsored by the Delaware Forest Service. Amelia was chosen as the winner from a pool of more than 3,200 entries from students across Delaware. In addition, SDSA student Samantha Guidel was the Sussex County winner in the grades 3 and 4 division of the contest. Amelia and Samantha were honored by Delaware Governor John Carney at the Delaware Forest Service's Arbor Day ceremony on May 4th in Dover. Each received a tree-themed book and a print reproduction of their posters on fine art canvas. Corporate sponsor Delmarva Power is also providing a tree planting ceremony at the school. Images of the winning posters are available on the district Facebook page. Congratulations to both of these talented students.
That wraps up another episode of the IRSD Spotlight. This podcast is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through iTunes or by visiting the district website at irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. It is also available through several mobile podcast apps. Thank you for listening and be sure to watch for more new episodes coming soon. As always, remember that Indian River truly is a model of excellence.